You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. First, I just want to say thank you uh, to Pastor Dan. I know he's not here right now. Um, he's getting some much-needed rest, um, as a pastor should. Um, but I just wanted to tell you guys I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, it's my second time actually at Abide. I came here when you guys were meeting actually in the elementary room. And, uh, man, look how you guys have grown. Look how good God is. Um, there's something about this place. Uh, when you walk in this room, you feel the presence of God. And that's a good, that's a good sign of a good church. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Randy um, because I didn't know you were actually going to be um, introducing me. But Pastor Randy, I want to tell you that you are, um, you're looking at a product of your obedience. Um, uh, I was a little kid. I sat behind your son in church and uh, Man, I wanted to be you so bad. And uh, we called you porcupine hair. Uh, I, well, you, you eased off on the gel a little bit, so that's good. But, um, yeah, man, I'm so thankful for you and pouring into my life. So uh, it's an honor to be up here preaching in front of you now. And, um, but uh, today, guys, I want to sh- share with you guys uh, about obedience and uh, revival. You guys have been in a state of revival uh, for the past couple of weeks now, so I get to talk a little bit more about that. Before I get into that, now I've composed myself, uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit about how I know Pastor Dan. Uh, I've known Pastor Dan since I was a little kid, um, and we actually played football together. Here's a picture of us uh, playing football. Uh, this, is, this is him, the big stocky kid uh, who's about to truck me because I'm a little skinny dude. Uh, and this picture is grainy because it's shot in 2000 and uh, I think seven. So uh, that shows you my age. Um, but I love playing football with him. Um, and then as we became older, we, we got to know each other a little bit more. Um, I actually started volunteering under him at uh, Church on the Move. Uh, and he's kind of, he actually helped me become a kids pastor. Uh, he actually helped me get on stage um, taught me how to do games for kids, how to talk to kids. And then I got the privilege of actually working with him and seeing his leadership and how he led uh, his team and people. So I owe a lot of what I do today to uh, your pastor. And I'm so thankful to have him in my life uh, and to speak to me. A um, little bit about myself real quick so you know who you're talking to. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I like Star Wars. Um, I'm being real. Uh, I like OU football. Okay, it's a little mixed feelings. That's cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, I really like some Mexican food, which I think we're not getting Mexican food after this, but I do love some Mexican food. So that's just a little bit about me. I, uh, I'm actually from Owasso, born and raised in Owasso. Uh, I live in Oklahoma City now, uh, actually in Washington, Oklahoma. Anybody know where that's at? Nobody. That's great. Uh, it's where my wife is from. Uh, we live about 15 minutes south of Norman. Um, and then uh, we, uh, I work at a, a church called New Song Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, where I'm the elementary pastor. 
And um, we have today my, my dad and my mom, my beautiful wife, and our son is actually in the, in the kids' classroom, nursery room. So uh, if you guys hear any screaming, that's probably him. Um, but today, guys, I want to talk to you guys about revival. Um, and I have a definition here. See, I'm a, I'm a kid's pastor at heart, so I kind of have to break down words for kids. So is it okay that I do that with you guys today? Awesome. Okay, so here is revival, an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. Now, when I think of a revival uh, growing up, I thought revivals were like a three, four-day event. You're going to hear a special guest speaker. They're going to tell you about how you get plugged in, how you start your life with God, and how much he loves you. But the thing with me is that when I went to these revivals, I always seemed like I would need more revival. I would need another revival to start up again. And a revival that you go to that no one gets revived at isn't a revival. Revival is when um, brand new takes place in your, in your, in your heart. Um, I love what David Guzik says. If you guys don't know who David uh, Guzik is, he is a great commentator in the Blue Letter Bible. Uh, I learned a lot from him. But David Guzik says this, uh, and we're going to be talking about more about this quote later on. Religious revival firstly sees a remarkable sense of the presence of God. So both the converted and the unconverted sense it. Meaning that when you get revived, there is no doubt that you feel God's presence around you. Secondly, there is an unusual interest in the things of God. Meaning that you want to be around others who know God. You want to be in church. You want to be serving. You want to be going to every single service that you can go to because you are just so enthralled with God. And then the thirdly, the last thing is there is an evident urgency of getting right with God. Shouldn't we want to sense God's presence every, everywhere we go? When I wake up in the morning, guys, the first thing I do is I invite the Holy Spirit in my day because I can't do anything for God if I don't have him in my life. The second thing is we want to be at church. I don't know about you. I know, no, I know it's my job. I am an elementary pastor. I have to be at church. But, guys, it's, I want to be at church. I want to go serve kids on a weekly basis. Why? Because I know God's heart. I know who he is and what he wants me to do. And because I have that clarity, I want to be around other people who, who have that same clarity. And then finally, we should always want to be right with God. You know, I told you I'm being real. I, I've been days, guys, where I've far, I felt far from God. I felt ashamed of my sin, and I'm like, I don't want to bring that to him and repent of this, as if he doesn't already know what's going on in my life. God knows everything. He sees everything. So I'm here to tell you today that God loves you. God wants to have a personal, authentic relationship with you. And he wants you to be revived. What we're talking about today is obedience in revival. This morning, I want to challenge you throughout my message. I want you guys to he be hearing from the Holy Spirit. Be, be open to hearing what he has to tell you. Because I pray today that you guys don't hear my words, that you hear God's words. What is keeping you from obeying God? This morning, if you feel like, it, like you have a clear answer, I want you to write it down. What's keeping you from obeying God? What's holding you back from getting right with him? Is it your pride? You know, the devil 
the the enemy loves to use pride to his advantage. God knows everything, but pride is what keeps us from experiencing true revival, the knowing the true Lord and Savior. When you set your pride aside, two things happen. One, you miss out on being revived, and you keep others from getting revived through you. God wants to use you to reach your neighbors, not, 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 not just your next-door neighbors, but your neighbors. If you guys don't know, your neighbor is everybody. You're called to love your neighbor. Um, I thought of it like this, uh, that it helps me uh, realize how I need to help others. And so, uh, have you guys ever been uh, to a restaurant before? And when you get to this restaurant, it's your first time, and you immediately are seated. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like waiting to be seated. Like, I want to get in and sit down. So, I'm going to tell you the perfect scenario, okay? So, the perfect scenario is you get to this restaurant, you sit down, and you immediately have water on your table. You maybe have some, like, buttery croissants. I went to Cheddar's the other day, and that's what they give you to start off. I mean, this is great, okay? So, you got some buttery croissants. You got your water. And everything's right. The, the atmosphere's right. The music isn't too loud. It's perfect. You're sitting there, and you are realizing that, hey, this is a, I'm having a good, good meal so far. And then your meal comes out, and it's warm. The steak's perfect. Medium, right? No? Okay, medium rare? Okay, medium for me. And it's perfect, and it's juicy, and it's tender, and everything is perfect. The waiter keeps my sweet tea full the entire time. Thank you. Sweet tea. And then it comes to the end where you get the check. And because you've had the this best experience ever at a restaurant. How about you guys? But sometimes I just hand them my card. I don't even care what the price is because I've had such a good experience. What's the, what's, what comes at the end of the meal, though? I forgot about this. Dessert, right? Peach cobbler, homemade ice cream. That's my go-to. And what do we do the next day when we see our coworkers? We tell them about it, right? You tell them how much of a great experience you had at this restaurant. You go, hey, the steak was on point, and the mac and cheese was good, and the dessert was great. You have to go try it. So my question to you is, why are we so adamant and so excited to tell people about food that we aren't excited to do the same thing with Jesus? Isn't experiencing Jesus and and true revival far more important than food? I would tell you that it is every single time. Because here's what food does. It nourishes you and then it's done. But Jesus, every single day, fills you up. Psalms 34.8, if you guys are taking notes, I think it's on there. Psalms 34.8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Uh, I was on my way to church this morning, and I felt like the Holy Spirit put this on my heart. Revelations 3.20, and I was, you know, the funny thing is I was actually reading my, uh, my Bible app this morning, and it's the verse of the day, so you're, if you didn't read it, here it is. Revelations 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door, and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. 
you first have to open the door. You have to let Jesus in if you want to see true revival. Our King, our Lord and Savior, the guy who died for us, isn't he worth sharing with other people? I think he is. So that's what I want to do with today. I want us to all leave challenged, not just for a Sunday afternoon that you talk about today and then it's done. It's every single day moving forward. I'm going to talk about revival through obedience. Uh, and so throughout my message today, I have some quick people in the Bible that, re- that experience some revival through obedience. Um, and we're about to see them. But I wanted to share this with you. If you are taking notes, definitely write this down. Obedience always precedes revival. If you want revival, you first have to obey. I like how Jesus put it in Luke eleven twenty eight. He responds to a woman yelling in the crowd. He goes, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I don't know what you, but I want to be blessed because I obeyed God's word. Not man's word, God's word guy who created everything. Um, so here's, here's some few people in the Bible. The first person is Moses. If you guys know about Moses, Moses was a great guy. He led the people of Israel out of, out of slavery. Um, but he was able to do that because he personally had his own revival happen. He was able to listen and encounter God. It was funny about Moses. I laugh every time I read it because when I'm reading about Moses, he tells God, I think you got the wrong guy. Isn't that crazy? If you were experiencing God, God's telling you all these amazing things he's about to do for you. He hands you a cool staff. It turns into a snake. He puts his hand in a pocket and it turns to leprosy. You put it back and it's normal again. This, this guy is experiencing some revival in God. And he says, I think you got the wrong guy. Maybe find someone else. Can you believe that? You know, some of us do that today. But God believed in Moses. And because God believed in Moses, and because Moses obeyed, he's able to go and free the people of Israel. He obeyed, and revival happened. Person two, Jonah. I know these are sounding like some kid Uh, people in the Bible, but Jonah is one of my favorite people because Jonah ran from God. God told him, hey, go to Nineveh, and he was like, nah, I'm going to go over here. And he said, okay, we'll see what happens. And you guys know what happens. He gets gets on this boat. The waves are crashing. The storm's coming against him, and the people on the boat, the guys on the boat are freaking out. And Jonah's where? Sleeping downstairs, just hanging out. And he knows why the storm is happening. He knows it. And I love what he says. He goes, hey, just, just throw me overboard. Let's just get this out of the way. And he, so he gets thrown overboard. Huge fish takes him. Finally, fish t- spits him out. And then what happens? He obeys God. Goes to Nineveh. If you guys haven't read that, that, that story, I, I encourage you to go read it. Because he has true revival happen in Nineveh. Because he obeyed God. People turn from their wicked ways. Like they were wicked and revival happened. Person uh, number three is Peter. I love me some Peter. I think I can re- I, I think I can relate to Peter a whole lot. Um, you're you're all familiar with Peter. Peter is the guy that Jesus says, "Hey, you're a rock, and I'm going to build my church on you." That's the Peter we're talking about. Okay. Um, and he does something amazing in Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. Three thousand, three thousand people were converted at one 
time because of a remarkable outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So here's a side note for you guys. I got to kind of brag. I got to brag on God this morning. Um, last year we were in a, we're, I was talking to these kids about Holy Spirit. Yes, kids can learn about the Holy Spirit. And we were preaching and we are telling them how the Holy Spirit's a helper. He's here to help you whenever you need help. Go to the Holy Spirit. And we talked four weeks about the Holy Spirit, teaching these kids all about it. And the last week, we asked kids, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you want to receive your prayer language? And we tell them that the prayer language is a secret code language that only God can understand. The enemy doesn't know what you're talking about, but God does. So important to this thing. So it's cool is, uh, if you didn't know this, Pentecost means 50. And... Uh, We had 50 kids receive the power of the Holy Spirit that day. Yeah. That's nothing that I did. That's all God. But back to Peter. Peter brought an amazing word after everyone got uh, filled with the Holy Spirit to the point where people were thinking that they were drunk in, the, in this room. Peter's like, no, they're not drunk. They're just filled with the Holy Ghost. And in Acts 2.38, uh, the people say, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them in Acts 2.38, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why was Peter able to tell them this? Because he knew Jesus. He had a revival happened in his life. But how did he get that revival? He first obeyed. Jesus came to him and his brother, and he said, hey, you guys follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. Did they ask questions? Did they, did they stop and go, yeah, give us a couple weeks to think about it? No. They threw their nets down, and they followed Jesus. He obeyed. And because he obeyed, revival happened. Uh, I got two more people. One's in the Bible, one's not in the Bible. Number four is Paul. Paul used to be Saul. He already had his revival right on the road. Jesus comes to him, and he was persecuting. He was persecuting people who loved Jesus, who followed Jesus. So he gets revived, and, and he turns his whole life around, and he starts now, instead of persecuting people who love Jesus, he starts telling others about Jesus. And in Acts 19.17, I know it's a long verse, but i got to read it to you. It says that Paul is in Ephesus, and it says this, when this became known to the Jews and to the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. What was that, what was that thing that Guzik said, that people are going to try to get right with God? These people are doing it right here. A number who had practiced sorcery, magic, brought their scrolls together, and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Uh, I guess that's a lot back then. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. There was people urgently wanting to get right with God, so much that they were burning their scrolls that were worth a lot of money. Revival happened because Paul obeyed Jesus. He went out and others got revived. Are you wanting to be used by God? Are you asking God to move in your life every single day? 
Are you wanting healing in your body, healing in your finances, healing in your marriage? Whatever it is, I can encourage you to start today. Don't put it off to tomorrow. How many of you guys try to start a diet and you say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow? I never, it never happens. This is my last pop. No, it's not. But when you say, God, I'm going to start obeying you, he's, ask, he's ready, guys. He's not saying, hey, you can wait till tomorrow to obey me. You can start right now. Person number five is me. Now, this is a personal story. Um, it actually has your pastor in it. Um, back, in, back in 2016, I think it was 2016, uh, Pastor Dan uh, and I were working at church on a move together. And we would go and get lunch sometimes. We would get coffee sometimes. That's right. Your son drinks coffee. And he uh, would get like a frappuccino or something like that. And we're sitting there. We're having this personal conversation about what God's doing in our lives. And guys, I, I'm telling you this. I'm being honest with you. I was absolutely content with staying at this church. They just asked me to become an elementary pastor. And I was like, I'm all for it. I'm here. And I accepted and we go and get this coffee date, and Pastor Dan is sitting across from me, and he says, hey, I think God's calling me to go start my own church. I think I'm leaving church on the move. And to sit there across from him, this, this guy, your pastor, I thought he was never going to leave, guys. I thought he was going to be there for the long haul. And to hear him say he was leaving was the way that the Holy Spirit told me to leave. And I heard that day, I felt in my spirit God told me to, to go. And when I heard that, I never had really heard the Holy Spirit talk to me. And he told me to go, and at that instant, I knew exactly where he wanted me to go, but I didn't know what he wanted me to do. I knew he wanted me to go to Oklahoma City. And I called Caleb that day, and I was like, hey, you got to meet me at home. I got something to tell you. And I told her, this is what God wanted me to do. And at first, I couldn't believe it because God was at, like, he just gave me this great job that I've, I've always wanted. And then he just had blessed us with a home. My family's here. My friends are here. This dream job is here. And God's telling me to leave all of that and to go. But I have no idea what it is. But he was just asking me to take a step. I get to Oklahoma City, and life is good. Kayla and I have a home. We have, we have family around, but for a while, guys, like, it, we struggled to find a church. Like, it took, us, it took us a year to find a church, and we got to this, uh, we went to all these different churches, and we found one that we actually liked, but it was an hour away from where we lived, and I told her, and she told me, we're not driving an hour to go to church. Are you kidding me? That's forever. Knowing us and knowing our personalities, we're going to get plugged in. We're going to start serving. We're going to do all these things, but it's an hour, so we're not going to do it. And because we said no to that, we didn't find a church for a year. Now, things were still great. We still loved Jesus. We would watch online services, but something just wasn't right. I struggled to find a job, my next step, and it wasn't until we woke up one, one morning and we were like, let's go back to that church that's an hour away. And we walked to that church, and we left that church, both looking at each other going, this is home. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever came to a church like that, but this church kind of feels that same way. 
Have you guys ever had the, um, that aha moment with God? I'm about to have mine. Uh, we go to this church. We get plugged in. We start serving. Uh, I didn't want to do anything with kids' ministry. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to do production. And finally, that production led to doing slides and kids. So I started doing that in kids. And one day, out of the blue, uh, our pastor of our church calls me and says, hey, do you want to get lunch with me? And I said, uh, yeah, I guess. And I show up, and uh, in the middle of lunch, he says, hey, do you want to be our elementary pastor? There's that aha moment. That next step was to go to Oklahoma City. I didn't see it at the time. You know, we all think we deserve everything from God at once. But if we did that, he wouldn't need our faith anymore. He wouldn't need us to take the next step. And so I had this moment, and I'm starting to walk in what God's called me to do. God leads us in steps. Psalms 37, 23, and 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. He delights in what's going on in your life. Though they stumble, and how many of you guys know we do stumble? They will never fall. For the Lord holds them up by the hand. So, I'm now an elementary pastor. But it's because, and only because, I obeyed the Holy Spirit. Because I obeyed the Holy Spirit, I was able to have revival. It came longer than I, I wanted it to, but God's patient with me, and I had revival. God is going to ask you to do things that's, that are outside your comfort zone. Leaving here, leaving my friends, my family, my dream job, that was leaving my comfort zone. But God knows who you are, right? He created us. He knows what you are here capable of, even when you don't. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans of the person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Guys, I don't know about you. Maybe it's for one person today, but you got to set your plans aside. you got to start listening to what God has for you. God, God's desire is for you to experience His revival. So how do we get this revival? You have to fully submit to him. You have to put down your, your way and accept his. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you, but I'm backing it up with God's word. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. How many of you guys like having new things? Man, if I, if I had to pick, I mean, if I'm going car shopping and I got to pick between an old beater truck or a brand new truck, that's free, it's free. Okay, it's free. I'm not paying for it. I'm choosing the new truck. So the new creation has come. This is not something that God does for us, but more so what he does inside of us. Guys, your, your spirit gets revived. That's the important part. That's what we're trying to save. True repentance is revival starting up again. I want you guys to write that down. True repentance is revival starting up again. I don't know what God's telling you this morning. I don't know what, he, what you're needing to obey God with. 
Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's volunteering in some kids' ministry. Maybe it's just re- maybe he's just asking you to read one scripture a day. Start there. We think that when we have to get right with God, we got to do all these things. Just start with one thing. Whatever it is, God wants revival to happen in your life. But you have to obey. Remember earlier when I was talking about the, the perfect dining experience? It's good to go to a good dining experience and we tell others about it. But really, we need to start telling others about Jesus. You know, the best thing that ever happened to me when I went to a restaurant was when I got my waiter to come. I thought she was bringing me the bill, but really she came over to tell me, hey, your bill's been taken care of. It's been paid for. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's an incredible feeling. I'm here to tell you today that God's already paid that price. He's already paid your ticket. You don't have to do this on your, on your own. All of this, guys, it's, it's worth sharing with others. There is a heaven. There is a hell. People are going to one or the other. And it's our job, those who are revived, those, who, those of us who have been saved, who know who God is, it's, it's, it's worth sharing with them. It's their soul we're talking about here. Mark 6, 16, 15. This is actually the last commandment Jesus gives to his disciples. He says, and he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. He wasn't just talking to his disciples there, guys. He's talking to all of us who know him, who have been saved by him. And once you get revived, once true revival takes place, once you, you have obeyed and listened to God, then you're able to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. This is what it's all about, guys. It's not about us. Obedience always precedes revival. You guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me. God, thank you so much for what you're doing here at Abide Church. God, thank you for what you're speaking to us today. Help us to start. Help us to get revived. Help us to obey. And God, thank you for sending your son Jesus, the best teacher, to help us know you. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.